It's Out of Obscurity, and I'm your host, DJ Pozur. We're going to try something different today in doing a solo episode. The reasons for that are as follows. Collaboration is hard. Who would have thought, huh? Uh, We've launched the official launch, as the launches tend to be launched, about a month ago now, and I'm not impressed with my ability to recruit co-hosts. Of course, uh, not to recount the entire history of our podcast, but uh, my original intention was to always have a co-host to share clever banter and uh, what do they call that? Witty repartee? I think that's what they call it. That's not going to happen at all this time, if it ever has. The occasion for it is to keep the output of episodes going, even when I can't find someone to record one with me. So, today we're going to be talking about a uh, especially appropriate album to solo commentary, commentate, comment on? Yes, oh goodness. And that is the album The Narcissist by Solenoid, also pronounced Solenoid. I don't know. Uh, in any case, if you Google it, you'll, you'll end up with a lot of electricity and gearhead videos. So welcome to try that unless you use an album name along with it. So I'm, I'm curious uh, if anyone wants to comment and contact us here at Out of Obscurity. I'm not sure for recruiting co-hosts, is it better to cast a wide net for collaborators or to pester close friends and family until they relent and resent you for it? And that's what happened to my original co-host, I believe. Shout out to Dean if he ever listens to this episode. Sorry to drive you away with my intensity. So... Why should we focus on uh, this album for a solo episode? Well, obviously, the, uh, the name Solenoid, or Solenoid, however you prefer, is, uh, has, the, has the spelling S-O-L-E, soul, in it right there, and I'm your soul, soul host. And if you categorize the style of music that it is, which is IDM, or intelligent dance music, not my favorite way to talk about music that is electronically produced, just call it dance music, but uh, I think it's become the the way that generally people have referred to it, and I, I'm not going to rock the boat here. I think it is notably different than generally EDM, which I think didn't used to be a thing until sometime in the last decade or two, when electronic music started to be called that, and has achieved mainstream acceptance, even in the United States, which was initially resistant. So, opinions, opinions. Also, the name of the album, Narcissist, I think is especially appropriate given that the 2020 presidential election is coming up, and maybe by the time you hear this, it will already have passed. The need to get the narcissist out of the White House is, uh, I think, one that perhaps every podcast can and should comment on in these troubled times in this season. So, basic specs. What about this album? I I, I obviously like it. I'm not going to feature an album solo that I don't like, unless it's a very special episode just to criticize and quote-unquote hate on something. The Narcissist is from 2001. The interview with the creator, who I'll talk about in just a moment, he put out three albums in in a span of a few months in 2001, so very, very prolific during that period, made from recordings uh, that dated sooner than that, which I'll talk about later. This came out in 2001, has nine tracks, 53 minutes, and it is on the Outward Music Company, or Amco, record label, uh, also available on Hiao Hiao Hiao, that's H-I-A-O 
three times. If uh, you look for it, you're not going to find it on All Music Guide. This is an OOH exclusive, and we like to feature the albums that are, you know, just basically impossible to find or unduly condemned to obscurity in this case. I think it's a fine album, and here's some, some more details about the artist in just a moment. I also want to point out that this album is not available on most any streaming platforms that I can find. YouTube does not have it. Uh, Bandcamp and eMusic both strike out, although eMusic used to have several uh, solenoid albums, and I certainly have bought a few. Uh, this is extraordinarily difficult to find, so you'll have to go on to Discogs to even find the discography of Solenoid in any accurate kind of form. All Music has something like two two releases, two albums, and uh, of course no reviews, no user ratings, and it's uh, really kind of the darkest corners of the internet have to be scoured before you're going to come up with this album. It's worth the effort though. If you can track it down, let's let's talk about why. First of all, the artist is, uh, his real name is David Chandler, I believe. He's from Oregon, Portland area, I, I take it, in his interview on Igloo Magazine, which I recommend everybody check out for this album, taken in 2001 at the height of his power. He mentions lots of other bands and, and so on that were in a part of the electronic scene there, and uh, the only one I recognized was Nudge, which may be featured on a later, later episode. So the guy's name is, uh, again, David Chandler, and he's a perfectionist. And he is a contemporary of the pioneers of IDM, who are, of course, uh, Mike Gardinas and Richard D. James of Apex Twin, obviously of Musique and the label Planet Mew, or the Reflex label, Square Pusher, all of them. They got their start in the early 90s, for the most part, maybe late 80s, and this guy, David Chandler, was right there with them, recording in obscurity for all time and I don't think he got nearly the same recognition as any of them did. Whereas I would say that his music is quite comparable in quality to at least their early recordings, certainly. And as the 2000s and the 21st century began, I think his, uh, Mr. Mr. Chandler's output as solenoids kind of dropped off a little bit, not having hundreds and hundreds of songs like Apex Twin, as a similar uh, comparison, to work with and just say, well, I want to put these ones on an album and this one's on an album, and eventually you, the well does kind of run dry, I think. So his new stuff I am not uh, not particularly impressed with. He seems to have switched to more of kind of a general electronic minimalist techno kind of a thing that uh, is a little too repetitive for me. And not to say that any of his other music isn't repetitive, but uh, it just, you know, kind of is... Uh, not challenging. It doesn't seem to go anywhere in comparison. So I would stay away from the, the newer stuff in the, the 2010s. And uh, check out his DJ work, though, certainly, if, uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing. He's on the record in the Igloo magazine as saying that he doesn't think that his music or that electronic music that he was interested at the time, at the turn of the century, should be for, for party usage. In fact, uh, uh, getting back to the stereotypes about IDM, I think it's more appropriate and generally thought that listeners or creators of IDM are more content to sit in their bedroom with headphones on or a nice sound system rather than go to a dance party or a party in general or even socialize. I don't know. There's a kind of a stigma attached to both listeners and creators of IDM, which may or may not be deserved. You can comment on that yourself. So what else can we say about 
the background. Uh, I can say that why am I also choosing this album? This artist, how had I heard of him in uh, my old days at uh, WOBC in Oberlin? I came across the, the the song called Ocean Floor Crawler, and that is one of my all-time favorite IDM tracks. When I hear it today, as long as I haven't lately, it'll still give me goosebumps. And it's about nine minutes long, and I would consider it a all-time favorite epic IDM track. Why not visit some more of his works in depth? And maybe on these uh, solo versions of Ooh, we may consider more than just one album. I think in this case, I don't expect that we'll be back to Solenoid anytime in the near future, given that there's a backlog of some 600 plus albums to cover. So and all by different artists. So we're probably not going to come back to his uh, his other albums. So we'll, we'll try to cover more of his full discography, which again, you should check out on discogs.com rather than all music because it is more complete. In total, I believe he has 18, 18 releases, mostly EPs, several full-length albums, mostly from the late 90s and the turn of the century. So... What's the point of it all? He's uh, he's one of the founding fathers of IDM, but apparently not very well known. With uh, his, uh, his, he does have quite a few albums that are available on YouTube. Not this one, as I mentioned, but uh, his 2006 album Supernature, as well as the Splendid EP, are both available on YouTube, and uh, they are all extremely obscure, with no album getting more than a few thousand views, and some in the double digits or even single digits, but that might be because they've just been posted in earlier in 2020. Worth checking out if you want to look on YouTube, obviously not fans of uh, paying for listening in that case if you can tolerate some ads then check those albums out there's also his uh, 1992 early works on Bandcamp and an old dat tape that is uh, that cuts out so you can name your price <laughs> i personally decided not to name a price and decided that it was a little bit too primitive for me but you can check it out uh, there's a, there's one full length album of about 5 or 6 tracks from 1992 so you can compare his work to early apex twin and early music and i would find them somewhat comparable also, we can say that uh, his other albums, Reverse Sender from 2001, I would say is could be a lost plaid album. It is uh, quite melodic and, and enjoyable. In fact, if given the choice, this one that I'm going to talk about, The Narcissist versus Reverse Sender, I would pr- say that I actually prefer Reverse Sender. However, the uh, solo episode must remain on point. And so we're going to talk about The Narcissist by ourselves, for ourselves, and to ourselves. What's the point of this IDM going on with as a purist? He doesn't tend to use vocals, unlike unlike really most artists, whether electronic or not. It's, It's rather more fashionable to not only include vocals, but also organic instruments, like real guitars and uh, occasionally drums or other instruments. As near as I can tell, all of his work as Solenoid is entirely done on keyboards, and he sometimes in the past used a Atari, some kind of equipment to sequence his uh, his early works, and uh, you know that uh, doesn't yield particularly impressive things today. But unlike the early works of say Moby, which I would say are really quite dated, his uh, his early works as Solenoid are complex and challenging still, well, also still not extremely interesting in my opinion. 
his uh, his process is worth worth mentioning. Talking about his uh, what how he approaches every song, and according to the, again the the Igloo magazine interview, he says he wants to treat every song as with a completely open mind and has the intent to do something different. He tries to reject notions of quote unquote traditional versus experimental music, whereas IDM I would say, and I've uh, commented elsewhere. I think to get the label IDM, you really need to have at least some experimental elements. Just traditional dance floor beat and the little melody is probably not going to cut it. There should probably be perhaps some dissonance, perhaps some uh, other ways to experiment in not every song necessarily, but certainly over the course of the album. I, I would expect to hear a lot of different beats, time signatures, keyboard sounds, melodies, etc. Not a little bit of noise in some cases. So that's certainly the case for most of what I've heard from him. I would say that after 2010, he did make a transition to the dance floor, starting with uh, an EP called Night Beach. Uh, it gets a little bit dancey, and from there I, I, I tend to lose interest. Since uh, he was working from 1989 to 1995, but declares himself to be a perfectionist. He kept sending tracks to his label and they kept rearranging them. And he decided that in order for, for the album to actually come out, he would have to stop sending tracks and then make them commit to the order and which ones they wanted on the album. It's uh, a crippling, crippling affliction, apparently, for artists to be perfectionists. And I think uh, for the most part, I would say that his tracks are very well assembled and not just as in many cases of early, early IDM that seems to be just, an, just a layering of loops that repeat themselves over and over again. His tracks as Solenoid definitely have a progression. They have a trajectory. They have distinct passages that have a different feeling. And from song to song, there is a great deal of difference if you listen carefully. To the average listener, I would say they'd probably all just say, this is techno and it's repetitive and I'm not going to listen to it. But uh, give it a chance. There is a lot of variety and there is a lot of catchiness, I would say. Things that will stick in your head, like the best of Plaid or Apex Twin or Musique. I keep comparing them to, to those as I assume the listener is already familiar with them. This album, he calls it synth pop or electro. I'm not really sure that I have ever nailed down what electro really is and is not. Is it just electronica? Is it electronic music from a certain period? Is it techno? relative of techno and what's the difference between electro and techno someone from britain would probably have to explain it to me because i'm not particularly familiar with it the album the narcissist again is uh, not as long as the reverse sender album which i again prefer for being a little bit more plaid like and melodic this one has a lot more driving driving sounds and uh, kind of a almost even a wall of sound in some cases there are some strange, unusual sounds, such as the pinball score on the Conformist track, and other tracks tend to be a little bit more melodic than that. We can say that uh, they're pretty long, mostly, mostly over five minutes. There are some that almost are nine minutes long, such as LS. That takes a really long time to get going and stays pretty minimal, almost like his later works. But still, uh, it you know it's interesting. It's got some variety to it. I think what uh, what he does really well, and especially on the my favorite track that I mentioned earlier, the Ocean Floor Crawler, 
When he builds back in the middle of a track down to the most base elements, such as the bass, and then he builds back from that, I think he does that very well, not unlike the German techno band Hard Floor, which I believe is also a classic that also started, I believe, in the early 1990s. So I would compare certain elements to that in that he uh, really works the build in that case. Not necessarily to a break like some dancier acts, but certainly in a way that is enjoyable to listen to. Uh, not reading music and not dance music, somewhere in between overall. Other albums that are, sorry, are there other songs on the album that I think are worth mentioning? My favorite is probably the second to last one, Perigi. It's uh, frenetic, but it has a flickering high note on it. The title track is the last one, unusually. I'm not, not sure I could name many more albums where they save the title track for last. That actually has vocals on it, which are heavily distorted, so you can barely understand what he's saying. Unusual, very unusual for him to have any vocals at all, and definitely not in the pop sense of the usual vocals over a track. It's not singing, it's kind of just an extra element that makes the song a little bit uh, creepy, I guess I would say. So listen to it for yourself. Have a try. The Narcissist. How would I describe the overall sound of the album? I would say that it is exciting and energetic, high energy, rhythmically complex, rather driving in its sound, fairly noisy at times, and no way would I consider it boring. If electronic music or IDM is not your thing, I would probably start elsewhere. But if you're already a fan, this is a great place. Uh, these two albums, both The Narcissist and Reverse Sender, are really nice additions that you probably won't hear otherwise. It's not a warm sound. It's kind of abrasive. It's kind of harsh. It's a little bit cold. That's, those are all positive things for a lot of people. And uh, if that's you, then check this one out. Overall, I would not say this album is particularly groundbreaking, but it's still enjoyable. I would rate it at about a 7 out of 10, which is to say it's good in my book, in my opinion. I enjoy it. I like it. I wouldn't say it's great. And uh, usually we try to feature great albums, so maybe this is a bad, uh, a bad choice for a solo episode because it's not quite great in my opinion. It's just a good album. That I like. In this case, uh, I should mention his uh, his work on several different notable record labels. Uh, Solenoid has recorded on obscure labels that, such as Outward Music, Zod, one of my all-time favorite IDM labels, Z-O-D. Audio Dregs, which I take to be generally less cohesive, more ethereal kind of electronic and oftentimes minimalist. Emanate, Hiao Hiao Hiao. He is the co-founder and head of a label called Community Library, which you can also check out. Very distinct, very different labels, and not being on one for length of time is probably, as we concluded on another, pro on another episode, maybe a reason why he's not very well known, is that uh, he has not been on a label long enough for it to promote him heavily. In addition to the big three that I've mentioned of Mike Paradinas, Richard D. James, Apex Twin, and Square Pusher. I think if you like also Richard Devon and Kraftwelt, the, I believe, Danish Kraftwerk, not necessarily a tribute band, but obviously a tip of the hat to them, especially on the track Suspension, 
uh, sounds a bit like Kraftwelt. Kraftwelt would probably be a, a more accurate pronunciation in that case. Look out for imposters on YouTube if you try to listen to this, but do check out his other works. I would particularly recommend Supernature from 2006. It's a bit dancier, I guess more similar to Reverse Sender from 2001. The Splendid EP, I think the last track, Botany, is, is worth your time. And uh, Night Beach is, is dancey but not bad from 2010. Others I, I've, yet to, I've yet to explore, and I, I may, may do so after this episode. I've been listening to the full catalog all day, trying to figure out which ones on YouTube are actually him and which ones are just other named solenoids, such as a rock band and a, seems to be a piano-heavy pop group also. So it's not uh, not the only one out there, and you'll have to dig and you'll have to search. So again, start with, if you're interested in the IDM portion of it, then start with Discogs and filter out what you're not interested in. I mentioned later albums. There's a, an EP from 2015 called Voices from Another Planet with a, a compilation with two other electronic artists. I would say that was a regretted purchase on eMusic. So... Stick to the early stuff, in my opinion. What happens when CDs are not available on streaming platforms and don't get vinyl releases? This would be an example of that. This is why we can't just rely on streaming platforms and YouTube to find music that we like, especially if it is obscure. It relies on someone to go to YouTube or elsewhere and upload them, and it's only a matter of time before the artist finds out and takes it down, as he, as he or she should. So this is, a, this is a case where you really should, if you're interested, go seek out these two albums, The Narcissist and Reverse Sender, on physical media, probably a CD. It's worth any price if you're a fan of IDM and wanting to know some unappreciated, unheralded masters of the craft. And on that note... I'll hopefully have another co-host next time you hear from me on Out of Obscurity. This is DJ Buzur, signing off. 